More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Storytelling is essential to the intergenerational transfer of knowledge, values, and culture. In the context of the family business, these narratives, according to Guillermo Salazar, usually revolve around the founder and adhere to a particular structure, a monomyth, a concept introduced by Joseph Campbell more than 70 years ago. Moreover, subsequent generations of family business leaders look to this story, the hero's journey, to continue to build the identity of the business, a critical piece in the multi-generational sustainability puzzle. On this episode of The Family Business Voice, we spoke to Guillermo Salazar, the director of Exaudi Family Business Consulting, about the power of storytelling. Enjoy this episode with Guillermo. Storytelling and the family business, a topic that you and I both are very passionate about. And ever since we've known each other, I think we've talked about the importance of storytelling in conjunction with the family business from our respective perspectives uh, of what we do professionally. But I do think that, you know, passion for storytelling is something that is probably linked to a behavior that we know from our own childhood or that we know from our own lives. So our first question to you, Guillermo, today is, if you remember when you consciously realized what kind of a role storytelling plays in your own life, and if you remember what kind of stories sort of like changed your life when you were a child. I think that all childhood is related with the stories that your family members tell you on how and when and where your parents met Mm. in the history of your life. So I think that this is one of the most intriguing questions for a human being once you have conscience of yourself. Where do I come from? Why do I was born? And how was that my parents meet each other? So Mm -hmm. this is the great story that you always want to know. And every time that you listen to that story, you try to figure out, it's just like like the, the movie Back to the Future. I mean, you try to figure out how was it how was my father? How was my mother? And why do they do that? And, and things like that. And that's, that's very important because I think that this is in the bottom of your heart. This is the answer that you want to know. Why do I am here? Why do I exist? So I think that this is the most important story that you ever listen. I love what you're saying here, because in a way it's what you're saying is that one of the most important stories that we'll hear as a child is actually our origin story. So even there, we're trying to figure out already where we come from. I love that notion. And I think that it applies very well to our discussion of family businesses, because as we know, storytelling in the family business is extremely important to maintain a sense of identity, to make sure that, you know, we know where we came from and accordingly try to figure out where we're going. But you actually found a way to very proactively use storytelling in your work with families in order to trigger possible transformation, in order to open conversations around change. Can you tell us a little bit more about exactly when you started doing that and how you realized that this was actually a very effective way to start a transformational journey for a family business? 
Yes. Well, I've been doing consultancy for 20 years. And every time that I start every process of helping families to professionalize whatever they need, the governance, the decision-making processes, there was always a search for the values that basically guidance on the decision-making process. So the only way I knew to uh, collect the values of the family was through the history. So the methodology I started to work with family was based on the storytelling. We um, create a concept of the chronogram, which is a base of storytelling, starting once the family identifies what's the origin of the family. And basically, it's two or three or four generations back. So all of Mm. the information, all of the characters of the plot that we start to draw, they are part of a journey that this entity, the family, has started a long time ago. But there is a certain part of the history where appears a mythical character, which is the hero. And most of the family business I've been working with can trace the moment when some special one that we call the entrepreneur, the founder of the heritage, of the values, of the legacy, of the wealth of the family, he has started his own journey. And the interesting part is that every time Mm -hmm. that I repeat that exercise, I found that there were certain things that start to repeat. There was a certain pattern on the history. And this pattern is the hero's journey and is based in this concept. When you dig with the family into their narrative, into their past, into their history, do you feel like family businesses are very conscious of the importance of it? Or like, do you feel like it is a burden to some of them you know, to live up to a certain legacy of a hero? What were there sort of like the things that you've seen emerge in relation to that? Because as we know, a founding figure can be very inspirational, but also can be potentially extremely problematic for the generations that follow. So what have you seen? Well, that's a very good question, because when we talk about storytelling, it is as important as telling to listen. So when we gather together to recreate the story that probably they will hear a thousand times, but when we do that in an orderly way with the pattern of the hero, the pattern of the hero, it's a way to understand that this myth, it's being created by our unconscious Mm -hmm. in three main steps, which is the ordinary world, the initiation, and the return of the hero. And those three steps are, they also have 17 stages. And every time that we go through the history, the hero must to accomplish different stages in order to go through the history. And when you help the family to recreate that story with this scheme, that everything goes one step and then the other one and then the other one, there is a, a consciousness of what was unconscious on them. And this is a shock. This is mm-hmm. a shock because then everything starts to fall in pieces, in their pieces. So mm-hmm. this is when you, now I get it. Now I understand why. And understanding the why is very important mm-hmm. because then you start to behave in a different way mm-hmm. in your relationship. So 
It is important to listen. It is important to have the conscience of listening the story. It is important to ask questions because it's not only listening. You have to interact with the questions that, that you have to make. And that demands of the listener compassion. Mm. And that demands intelligence and emotional intelligence because you are part of this history. And there's no reason to blame someone when you start to understand the why of the history. So you're demystifying a lot of the preconceived notions we might have around the founder or the founding journey of the family business through this. What has been the reaction, especially of the next generation members, sometimes in going through such an exercise? Because I could imagine some people are extremely attached to the founding story of the family business. So when you start like unfolding the reasons why the success was achieved and how it came about through this methodology, is that accepted? Do our families able to accept this? Or is it sometimes also painful for them to realize that an almost mythical creature that was created in the family turned out to be all too human in the end, though, of course, having achieved something incredible? Yeah, that's fascinating. Most of the cases, that's what happened because sometimes we have hidden histories. I don't want to argue why, why you have to hide some history. They are part of the myth. Mm-hmm. There is a concept that is the family myth. This is a, a discovery of the family therapy psychology in the 40s of the last century. And they found that family behave in a certain way. And we, we humans create the myth in order to keep away from the chaos. Mm. And the myth gave us homeostasis in the family. It gave us uh, order and it gave us a place to belong. Mm. So when we recreate the stories, the impact in the next generation is usually very positive because first of all, you will understand when you see the different stages of the creation of the myth that the hero was a normal person. Mm. The definition of the hero is someone who is very normal, goes through a, a magical world, and then he comes back with the elixir. Mm-hmm. And he's a hero now. So everybody, everyone, anyone can be a hero. That's the most important part. The second one is that it's okay to be afraid. Yeah. You as a hero are going to face different challenges and you will have people around, you will have a lot of of situations that you will live with and you will be afraid. In Mm. fact, the third step is the call to adventure and the refusal of the adventure. Mm -hmm. So most of the heroes don't want to leave their ordinary world because they feel comfortable in the way that they are and they are afraid, but they will do it and they will start an, uh, an enterprise or whatever they need. So this is okay to be afraid. The other thing that you will have help, the hero's journey is a plot. There are other characters, there are other archetypes. And the archetypes that create the story are the other characters that will help you. There will be the master is one of the most important. There will be a guide for you. There will be a shapeshifter. There will be a, a creator. There will be a treasure. There will be an enterprise, there will be uh, an invention. There are several things that are always there. You are not alone in in, in this journey. So it's very important to know that. Does everyone have the opportunity 
to have their own hero's journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody can be a hero. That's the most important lesson. You know, in terms of like, you know, going back with a, with a family that doesn't have access anymore to, you know, the original founder, the founder's disease, and, but has little information about what actually happened. What do you do in those cases? Like, do you allow interpretation to a certain extent that can be healing or what happens? That's absolutely what happens. Exactly. Remember that we are not talking about a person. We are talking about a myth. Mm-hmm. Those are different things. First, you have the person that because of his actions, the system created a myth. Mm-hmm. And this is the way that the system holds together around the myth. So the information that you will have is the information that the system share. And every generation can recreate that information in the way that it better serves to them. So yes, you can recreate the life of the character, but it always will be around the myth. And the interpretation that you will have to that information will depend on the generation decision on what to do with that. So we live in a time right now where you could argue that there have never been more tools or more channels there to tell stories, but you could also argue that, you know, time where people would sit together without distraction has probably been reduced, like times where like that kind of a space is being created is less. It's not exactly like we have a very regular around the campfire kind of a scenario anymore for most people uh, without there being a lot of noise and distraction uh, coming in through devices, etc. Now, positive or negative, you can see it as you like, but there's obviously now big differences in what kind of storytelling appeals to different generations. What's been your observation in terms of, you know, how storytelling also needs to be adapted to a next generation or to even like, you know, the older generation as pertains to trying to transform the family business? Yeah, I will say that this current time of of technology is something that it's in some way, as you said, helping and not helping on the way that we can gather around the fire and and recreate the ancestral ritual of storytelling, Mm -hmm. which is something that was the first of the revolutions of the Homo sapiens, Mm -hmm. the conscious revolution, and it was all around the campfire. We have to work hard nowadays as, as leaders of the process of transformations in family business to recreate this situation. We don't, we don't fire nothing in the meeting room, but mm. what we try to do is to gather together all the generations and all the members that we can and try to create the mood to go in a humble way to share your thoughts and your feelings. And that's okay. We really struggle with that moment to happen. And this is the most important part of the whole process, I have to tell you. But yes, uh, digital technologies are the most useful ally in storytelling. Once you can have this gathering recreated, then you have a lot of information that you have to deliver. And that's the point when I think that doing interviews, doing podcasts and videos with all the characters of the plot that we have been telling will reinforce most of the information that the members of the family need to get. In this particular moment in time, that we are living with um, the global pandemic and its consequences. How do you think can this tool or this 
way of looking, I guess, at the story of the family business, how can it help us in facing this degree of uncertainty? Like, how can it help us move forward into potentially a reality that even the hero Mm. has never faced uh, when building the legacy that we carry? Absolutely. Okay, so you have you have the question of of the interview. <laughs> so yes, um, how it can help? It can help us first of all, reinforcing the identity of the group, the belongingness, the anima of the group. This is the first one. The second one, it gives you hope, because when you know that in your DNA there is the myth of someone who could found answers to the test that he was facing, you know that I am that kind of guy. I have that kind of blood in my veins. And the third one is that certainly there is no way to imagine the future if you don't know your past. In fact, our neurons, the neurological mechanism of our brains to create or imagine the future is exactly the same mechanism to remember. So when you see the test that they do with the brains, with the, with the waves of the brain, when you ask someone to remember something, the part of the brain that activates is exactly the same part when you ask someone, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going mm. to do the next year? So it's always related with that. People who lost their memory, they cannot imagine the future because they don't have the material to imagine what is going to happen in the future. So when you have the information that really connects with the feelings of what is your past, you have the material to recreate the future. And you can imagine a future because you have a memory as a group. So that's fundamental. You only can have a future if you have a past. Very wise words, I would say, to to end this conversation on. First of all, everybody's a hero and you cannot have a future without acknowledging your past. Thank you very much, Guillermo, for telling us about the hero's journey. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.